Slides it out for Ekblad. Back to Hoffman. Blocked by Polak and Rice. Another spectacular stop. Broussard tees it up and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson. Marcel with the open net and he scores. Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, welcome to the Monday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. So glad to be with you. Today's show is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. All right, lots to talk about here as we start the new week. I hope everybody had a safe and enjoyable 4th of July weekend. I know. It did feel a little strange in some ways, but uh, hey, still happy to celebrate our country's birthday uh, for those of us here in the United States. And for Islander fans, a little bit of news circulating around indicating we are indeed getting closer to hockey. We'll talk about the latest CBA and resumption of play negotiations that are going on. We also have our Islanders' birthday of the day, and this is a good one. A player who won three, but not four, Stanley Cups with the New York Islanders during the dynasty years. And, of course, we also have an analysis about that CBA that's being negotiated and how it will affect the Islanders with regard to the salary cap, and there is some important new information to get to. So we got all of that and a whole lot more still to come. Let's start with the salary cap and uh, and the agreement itself, actually, that the uh, NHL and the Players Association are reportedly very close to reaching. And uh, basically, they're still trying to iron out the final details. Once they do, the players will have 72 hours to vote whether or not to approve that. Now... According to this plan, and again, nothing official until it's finalized and then voted on, but training camps or stage three will officially get underway July 13th. That's one week from today. So uh, that tells you how close they are because if they need three days to vote and then they need to make plans to drive or fly out to each team's training facility, uh, you know, this deal has got to be finalized in the next couple of days. So uh, July 13th would be the opening of phase three with training camps. And then the teams in the playoff would report to their hub cities by July 26th. So again, just a a few weeks, two and a half, three weeks of training camp uh, or two weeks of training camp. And then you get to uh, reporting to the hub cities Playoff games in the qualifying round, which is Islanders-Panthers, set to begin August 1st, and the Stanley Cup will be awarded, if the schedule holds, in early October, which realistically means usually when the season is starting, this season, hopefully, will be able to finish. 
the second phase of the NHL draft lottery, which will be basically the eight teams that are eliminated in the play-in round, each with a 12.5% chance of getting that first overall pick. That will take place August 10th. The draft itself will take place in mid-October, so a couple of weeks after the Stanley Cup is awarded. And then free agency will begin on November 1st. Now, a couple of other details. First of all, the CBA that they're negotiating, six years long, and that is uh, good because it means no lockouts, no strikes for six more seasons. Now, with regard to this year, any player who wishes to opt out of the return plan for health reasons, safety reasons, uh, whatever the case may be, they can opt out without facing any discipline. That is part of the proposed agreement. The salary cap will be frozen at the present level of $81.5 million until hockey-related revenue hits $4.8 billion league-wide, and that was the amount that was expected to be this year's number before the pandemic shut everything down in the middle of March. Uh, Part of this new six-year agreement, the NHL and their players will participate in the 2022 and 2026 Olympics, assuming they can work out the details with the IOC. Escrow for players capped at 20% next year and will go down to 6% by 2025-2026. Players will defer 10% of salary and signing bonuses next season, and that'll be paid back in three installments in the 2023-24, 2024-25, and 2025-26 seasons. But here is another thing that is going to be uh, affecting the Islanders. All no trade and no movement clauses will travel with players to their new teams if they are traded, even if the no trade clause hasn't kicked in yet. So that means if a player has, uh, you know, signed a five-year contract and the last two years of the deal, they have a no trade clause. If they make that trade before the last two years of the deal, the new team is stuck with that no trade clause. And sometimes it's a specific group of teams that a player says they are or are not willing to go to. So that is something we will talk about even more a little bit later. As of right now, the hub cities still expected to be Edmonton and Toronto, quote, barring any last minute complications. And unfortunately, uh, that complication aspect of it is something that is always possible. So the Islanders hoping uh, that this CBA does kick in and works in their favor. Uh, Certainly there are a lot of good things about it for Islander fans to think about. The best part is we will start hockey in a week with training camp, formal official training camps, and that the playoff series, the NHL playoff play-in round will get underway August 1st if this is agreed to and voted on by the players after it's finalized. So that means uh, that we are three weeks, three and a half weeks away 
from the start of Islanders Panthers and of course we will have all of that all the details all the previews all the analysis of that and any other playoff rounds that the Islanders are involved with right here on the Locked On Islanders podcast. And if you want your car to run right and keep it running right, you've got to check out rockauto.com. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers, but rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and they're reliably low. rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require a membership or account login. It's a family-owned business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few clicks And it's delivered directly to your door. And I know during this difficult time, that is a definite benefit. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Alright, so we just spelled out a lot of the proposals that are in this new CBA that it looks like it will be signed uh, or voted on by the players and then implemented hopefully within the week. But there is something in there that will definitely hurt the New York Islanders a little bit. And we talked a little bit about it a few you know minutes ago. And that has to do with the no trade clause now regardless of whether the team wants it to it travels with a player and what that does among other things is it makes it more difficult to trade players with high salaries to clear up cap space and you know the islanders clearly with the salary cap staying at the same level until revenues recover after this pandemic is over, uh, you're looking at a couple of, you know, a team in the Islanders that is close to the salary cap, needs to clear up some space, and now is going to have a little bit more difficulty doing it. Andrew Ladd, for example, has his $5.5 million cap hit. There's also additional signing bonus money that totals up another six million dollars and after this year he has three years left on his contract and a 15 team no trade list so you know in the past it would be a difficult but not impossible to move a guy like lad now it's going to be even more difficult less teams will be willing to accept that much restriction on what they can do if they accept a bad contract like Lads or Johnny Boychuk has also been mentioned. Boychuk, uh, no more signing bonus payments, so that's a good thing. And Boychuk also, you know, his cap hit is not quite as high as Lads, but he has an eight-team 
no trade list and two more years left on his contract. So this new addition to the CBA going to make things extremely difficult for the Islanders to trade a boy Chuck or a lad uh, and free up cap space. And we've talked on this show a few times that is something the Islanders clearly do need to be able to do this year. And there are no buyouts that are, you know, cap free, where you have the compliance buyout. That's not a part of this agreement. So not only does it look like there'll be no Ilya Sorokin this year, and, and then, you know, you question when he comes over, but it just got tougher for the New York Islanders to do something they desperately need to do, and that's trade away some of those high-salaried veterans to free up cap space to re-sign Matthew Barzal and some of the other restricted free agents and to bring in that scoring help that they so desperately need moving forward because, let's face it, um, this team needs to score more goals if they're going to make that jump from playing in the playoff play-in round to winning a division, being one of the top contenders in the conference, et cetera, et cetera. So time, you know, this aspect of the CBA does not help the Islanders, but they are hoping, hoping that they can still free up some cap space and get some of these deals that they need to get done, done. And it is indeed important, to say the least. All right, on the Islanders' official website, uh, a nice little look at uh, the different Islanders players who played in the Olympics and in for Team USA. You could check that out. Again, on the Islanders' official website, obviously Ken Morrow, Pat LaFontaine, uh, Rick DiPietro, all of these players either before or after they joined the Islanders played for Team USA either in the Olympics and or the World Juniors and it's a fascinating little look at the different players and and you know where they came from Ken Morrow to me however the ultimate example of a guy who you know he won the gold medal in uh, February February 24th 1980 winning the gold medal and, you know, at Lake Placid, Miracle on Ice, and then just a couple of months later, three, four months later, wins the first of four straight Stanley Cups with the New York Islanders. Ken Morrow's 1980 season, uh, or, or the year 1980, pretty close to unmatchable, and he was the first player to do that in one season, win uh, uh, the gold medal in the Olympics and then win the Stanley Cup. So, uh, nice little article. Definitely take a look at it and check it out. So, now we're going to take our Islanders' birthday of the day. Hard to believe that this guy is now 68 years old. But today, July 6th, is the 68th birthday of Swedish-born Anders Kaller who played for the Islanders in 1979-80 through 1984-85. In his career, 383 NHL regular season games, 101 goals, 211 points. 
but did not play in the 1980 playoffs due to an injury. So he was on the ice for three of the four Stanley Cups, even though he played on all four Stanley Cup teams. His best season came in 1980-81, 36 goals and 64 points that year for Anders Kaller. And of course, he played in the Swedish Elite League before coming over to the New York Islanders. We're going to take a look back at one of his best ever games. November 30th, 1980 at Le Colise in Quebec, Islanders and the Quebec Nordique. Glenn Chico Resch in the net for the Islanders. Michelle Plus, uh, the goalie for Quebec. And the Islanders got started midway through the first period. Anders Kaller, his 13th of the year, unassisted at 12.35. And it's 1-0 Islanders. Kaller wasn't done yet. Islanders shorthanded after Stefan Pearson was off for tripping at 17.20. Kaller, who was a great penalty killer, Scored his 14th goal of the year, second of the game, shorthanded from Bob Bourne and Dennis Potvin at 18:25, And then one minute later, exactly, Bourne gets his 12th from Caller at 19:25, three 3-0 Islanders after 20 minutes of hockey. In the second period, the Nordique get on the board. Michel Goulet, his seventh from Jacques Richard and Dale Hunter, at 10:58, it's a three-to-one hockey game, but the Islanders' power play strikes. Peter Stastny in the box for high sticking. Dennis Potvan makes him pay his seventh goal of the season on the power play from Brian Trottier and Stefan Persson at 15:08, and it's four-to-one Islanders. Nordiques keep it close late in the period. Richie Leduc his third from Robbie Fatorik at 15:41. And after two periods, the Islanders held a two-goal advantage and a 4-2 lead. But then Butch Goring takes over. Goring, his 10th, from Anders Kaller and Bob Bourne at 112, And it is a 5-2 Islanders lead. Goring scores again a minute and 24 seconds later. His 11th from Bob Bourne and Bob Lorimer at 236. And then at 549 of the third period... Anders Kaller completes the hat trick, his 15th of the year, Butch Goring with the assist, a late power play goal, Bob Lorimer in the box for holding, Jacques Richard scores his 19th from Peter Stastny and Dale Hoganson at 18:21. that ended the scoring, Islanders skate away with a 7-3 win, but for Anders Kaller, his first career NHL hat trick, and a five-point night for Caller. He also led all Islanders with a plus six in this game. He and Bob Bourne, his line mate. Bourne, by the way, one goal, three assists for a four-point night. Butch Goring, two goals and an assist for a three-point night. Dennis Potvin only, and I'll put that in quotes, had two points on the night with a goal and an assist. As far as shots on goal were concerned, Clark Gillies led all Islander players with six. Caller got his three goals on five shots on goal. And then it was Bob Bourne and Dennis Potman, each, and Butch Goring, each, with four. Chico Resch, 25 saves to earn the win. Happy birthday to Anders Caller. 
his best performance offensively as an Islander, November 30th, 1980, Islanders beating the Nordique 7-3, all of this to celebrate the 68th birthday of our Islanders' birthday of the day, Anders Keller. All right, so a little bit more of a preview of the upcoming series against the Florida Panthers. And one of the keys for the Islanders is obviously goaltending. And we've talked on this show that, you know, the Islanders are built in their own zone out. They start with goaltending, and they rely heavily on their goaltenders to play well to win games. 2-1, to 1-0, to 3-2. to They're not an explosive offensive team, and that's how they do things. So they need a lot from their goalie. Both Varlamov and Tomas Grice, they they played outstanding in October and November into maybe the beginning of December. But when the team slumped, the goaltending definitely fell off and was one of the reasons that they slowed down. Now this year the Islanders were 3 and 0 in their three meetings against the Panthers. And both Goalies have good career numbers. Uh, Simeon Varlamov, 8-3-1 in his career. Now, most of that, or a good portion of that, is with Colorado. But 8-3-1 in 12 games against the Panthers. And Tomas Grice, 5-2-1 in eight contests against the Panthers. Again, not all with the Islanders. But his goals against average, 1.79, and the save percentage, 9.44 in the six games that he played in the 2016 playoffs against Florida. So here is a guy in Grice who has gotten it done against the uh, Panthers before. To me, the key is this, and it is going to be interesting to see how it plays out. The Islanders cannot afford the luxury of waiting. You're in a short series, a best-of-five series. If either goalie, and I'm assuming, barring injury, that Varlamov will get the first opportunity to play. He's been the starter, you know, after the first 37 or so games when they alternated goalies. Varlamov has gotten, let's say, two-thirds of the work since then. So... I assume he will get the first opportunity in this series. But, you know, if he has more than one shaky game, I don't know. You can't wait for him to have another one. You can't fall behind two to nothing in this kind of a series. It's a best of five. Three wins, you know, or three losses in this case, and you're out. So I think both Varlamov and Grice have to be ready. And more importantly... The Islanders as a team have to play their style of hockey and have to be able to get their defense in order in order to stop the Florida Panthers who have an explosive team. The other aspect of goaltending that I think has to be mentioned here, and it's a little bit difficult, goaltending, so much of goaltending is about timing, and you could practice all you want. And you could have people take shots at you and run all kinds of drills and and what have you. But you can't quite duplicate game conditions. Well, no goaltender, neither Valamov nor 
uh, Grice has faced game action in by the time the, the playoffs get started, you're looking at five, you know, four or five months since they faced live pucks in what was it, March 12th was the, the when the league suspended things. So that's the rest of March, April, May, June, July. Four and a half months you're talking about. That is longer than the typical offseason. You know, you don't make the playoffs and you're out in, let's say, mid-April. You don't, you're off in May, June, July, August. That's, you know, four months, four and a half months, and then you have training camp in September. It's almost like a full offseason here, and yet you don't start with training camp. You have a, a couple of weeks of training camp, and then you have the playoffs. So timing is important. Getting rid of the rust is important. Playing sharp goaltending without a lot of, you know, recent games is going to be key. And I'll tell you right now, so many times the cliche in hockey is the hot goaltender can change a series. Well, the Islanders better get some hot goaltending or their visit to the playoffs could be very brief. And that doesn't just go for the Islanders. That goes for all of the 24 teams that are in this Stanley Cup expanded play-in tournament, whatever you want to call it, the COVID Cup, I've heard some people uh, refer to it as. Goaltending going to be the key. How is Varlamov? How is Grice? And hey, how is Sergei Bobrovsky of the Florida Panthers? That wraps up this edition of Locked On Islanders. Now, tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On NHL for a national perspective on the National Hockey League. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe. See you tomorrow. And don't forget, every day brings us one day closer to the resumption of hockey. And of course, let's go Islanders.